And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. Um, This is Matt Watson, your host of the day. And this is part of our series about crypto and NFTs. So stay tuned for that. We're doing several different episodes about NFTs, which is really exciting, um, covering all kinds of aspects of them. Um, today, our topic is going to be more about crypto in general. And um, our guest today is Seth Maniscalco. Um, he is the author of Prohibited Profits and the founder of the Crypto Wealth Coach. And I, most of you probably don't realize this, but I'm also a, a big fan of cryptocurrency related stuff. So this will be a fun topic today. Um, before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Um, Seth, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you, Matt. Nanner's mine. So um, I'm I'm definitely interested to learn more about your uh, your book and and what you do. And um, I, I guess my first question when it comes to crypto is: Are are we buying or selling today? Are we in a bull market or a bear market today? Do you know? Uh, well, that's that's not a simple answer, and that that really depends on who you are and what kind of an investor you are, right? I mean, there's my little disclaimer: um, <laughs> Are you a short-term investor or are you a long-term investor? You you think blockchain is going to be here in ten years? Yeah. Uh, I'm a buyer. I don't know about you. When it's worth a half a million dollars, I'm not going to care too much if you bought it thirty-six grand or forty-one grand. That that's nominal to me. So I I first brought bought Bitcoin in 2013. There you okay. go, and then. Uh, in 2017, when it went really crazy and went to like $20,000, I thought I I like awoke, like I'm like the random person that forgot I even had crypto. And then I think I had like, I want to say I bought like $500 worth of it in 2013. And then all of a sudden it was worth like 15 grand or something like that. And um, then I decided I, I'd get more interested in it. And then I've since then have mostly figured out every way to lose money with cryptocurrency. <laughs> so um, a few of those. <laughs> So um, what, what has been your journey into this? Um, yeah, my journey has been an interesting one. Um, I, I believe I made the first professional recommendation um, for my investors somewhere around 2015. Okay. Um, when Bitcoin was about 225 bucks, 215 bucks, something like that. Um, I actually unloaded my 401k at that time. Uh, I paid a 35% penalty to the IRS and the federal government. And, um, you know, that decision worked out pretty well for me today here. And at $42,000, that's a significant move, right? I mean, you went all in in 2015. I, I, it was, it was probably one of the, the best decisions I've ever made in my life. In hindsight, it's, it's easy to say that in hindsight, um, but that didn't come easy to me. Uh, I got to tell you, it took me a very long time to figure out exactly what Bitcoin was. Um, I probably spent a month of diving into it, reading the white papers, watching YouTubes, listening to you know random folks on social and, and really dissecting exactly what was going on here and why everybody was all excited. 
And then finally, when that when that light bulb clicked and went off in my head, it was, you know, it was more of an oh my gosh moment. How can I not get behind this? So what um, big, big, so for those so for those that are listening, and this is you know part of the, the key to our, our topic today is is you know kind of what is crypto? You know, how, how would you explain to you know my grandma what crypto is? <laughs> because um, I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you like I'm all in on crypto in, in a different way than you and I'll, I'll probably tell you more about that later but like if I talk to my mom or dad about it they don't understand it they don't get it like they still don't get it like they just totally foreign to them and you know there, there's challenges with that too right because at the end of the day we're talking about technology and technology continues to advance and yes there's opportunities to make life-changing money in, in the cryptocurrency realm um, but that's not to say that it's easy. The reason you can make a lot of money is because it is probably the most complex financial market on planet Earth right now at the moment today. Um, I suspect that will change and technology continues to advance, but it's it's not as easy as going you know down to your corner bank and opening a bank account. Yeah. Um, you need to have a computer. You need to have a laptop. You need to you know take certain precautions. Um, if you're going to be responsible and sovereign in your own money, that means there's no 1-800 Bitcoin you can call if you make a bad purchase with your Bitcoin debit card. You know, you you're you got a problem at that point. You are responsible for your own decisions. Um, and if you're not careful, you know, the only people that have ever lost money in Bitcoin um, that have held it less than a four year full market cycle basically did something stupid. Either they handed their money to somebody else and they didn't do their homework, you know, some malicious actor, um, or they forgot the passwords to their, to the keys to their kingdom and yep. didn't write it down. And, you know, there's nobody they can call for help. And forgot it was on their hard drive and they uh, dropped it off at Best Buy to be recycled. You know, it was human error, plain yeah. and simple. There, there's no other way around that. And a lot of people, you know, aren't comfortable with that. There, there's a certain amount, there's pros and cons to having a bank account, right? You know, somebody can protect your money up to a quarter of a million dollars with FDIC insurance. And if you have a problem, you can call the bank president and say, you know what, somebody scammed me, I need my $1,000 purchase back. And it may take you three days or a week to get that money back. But eventually, you know, you'll make your case and you'll get that money and you'll be protected. There are no protections with with Bitcoin. You know, they, they call it trustless, um, but you need to have a trust, a whole lot of trust for for me to send you a Bitcoin and, and make a purchase from you. Yeah, because you can't get you know, it back. Like you need to have trust in that situation. No reversal of it. So I guess, you know, so I think most people probably know what Bitcoin is these days and they know it's basically some form of magic internet money that's that's digital right and honestly in many ways the u.s dollar isn't much different right like there's nothing nothing backs the u.s dollar right it's worth a dollar because the u.s government says it's worth a dollar guns and violence and the threat of jail yeah Yeah. that's that nothing else other than that there's nothing that backs the u.s dollar either and you and we could largely argue it's digital at this point like we use credit cards and online banking and like we don't use a lot of paper money i mean at the end of the day it's basically we've been using digital money since the 1970s that this is nothing new we've been going to the atm your your money is really just ones and zeros on an excel spreadsheet that's it so so then my question for you and i and i have my different answer i have my own answer for this that i can share but i'd like to hear your answer then why Bitcoin? Why why do we need Bitcoin? So the exciting thing um, that Bitcoin 
specifically brings to the table that never really existed before in all of modern human history, right? So, so, and, and, so, so let me scale this back for a moment because modern humans are like what the last twenty thousand years, you know, we're we're still basically cavemen walking around with smartphones, but but we're modern humans, um, and it, you know, we used to trade uh, shiny jewels, we would trade mm-hmm. shells. Um, mm-hmm. if you and I wanted to have an agreement, we might barter on a chicken or a cow or, yeah. you know, the next crop that's going to, that's going to come out in April here in spring. Right. I mean, we would barter. Yes. Um, then we moved to precious metals. Uh, we, we would dig gold out of the ground and press it in a nice coin and polish it up and, and put a Roman emperor's face on it because yeah. we trust the Roman emperor, um, who also backed their money with threats of gold and violence and all that stuff too. But we trusted them, right? At the end of the day, the only reason we use our money is because you agree that $100 bill has some sort of value in the market. Right. And I agree that $100 has value. And we, we change hands and we go about our business, right? Um, the problem that really comes with modern money is the fact that, you know, you, you and I in the old days would, we, we would shake hands and we would agree and we would, we would barter a chicken or a cow and we'd go our separate ways. And maybe you might not be happy at the end of that agreement. And you might be pissed off and decide, I don't want to give this guy my chicken. I'm going to do some, I'm going to do business with somebody else. Right. Um, whatever happens, the deal fell apart. Um, and, and we would just go our different way. Now we trust third parties. Who's the third party? Well, that's the bank. You give them all your, you give them $100,000 worth of your money um, and they have the control over your money. They can shut your bank account down if they just, and I've been through this a few times, you know, having businesses with cryptocurrency in the name. Um, well, in 2018, I, ha- I had, you know, Chase Bank shut down my business account because they came out with a blanket policy that said, we don't want to do business with crypto people. Um, and eventually the world has changed and I got my way through those situations and I found other banks, but at the end of the day, all my money was sitting in a bank account somewhere and they wrote me a check for $250,000 and said, we're not doing business with you. And they gave me no reasons why. Um, so that was an interesting experience, but that highlights the, the reality that somebody else is in control of your money. So you, we go to accountants to do our taxes, right? You, you maybe pay, you know, you write a check for a couple hundred bucks and H&R Block does your, your, your accounting and they sign their name on the paper. Well, you're trusting somebody else in that situation. And believe it or not, there are malicious actors in this world, right? Just yeah. because you go to a third party doesn't mean that third party is not corrupt. Um, I, I'm, uh, I, you know... The uh, the banks have done business with some of the nastiest people ever to live on the planet. Um, they have been fined billions of billions of dollars, and you know they continue to to act in not necessarily the most moral and ethical manner. And they have carte blanche to continue to do it. Um, and and that's a little bit of a negative spin on thing. But at the end of the day, these folks have control and they have the power. So what's the difference with blockchain? We've been using digital money since the 70s, PayPal, Venmo, um, you know, you, you go hit an ATM, your money's just digital numbers yeah. on their spreadsheets, right? This is nothing new. Digital money has existed for 50 years. Well, blockchain and Bitcoin was the first one to come out and say, rather than having a central um, power like the bank or an online exchange or my accountant handle this rather than let them have the ledger and say who's right and who's wrong and be the final power. Basically, we've taken that ledger and we've spread it out against a million other computers on the, across the globe. 
Now a million other computers, and I'm using round numbers purely for illustration, a million other computers all have to agree that I sent Matt one Bitcoin and he now has one Bitcoin and I have minus one Bitcoin on my ledger. A million other computers all have to agree within a 10 minute period that that happened. One person no longer has to agree that I sent money to Matt and it's now in his account. A million other people. So that so what happens is the more people that participate in that network and have a Bitcoin wallet, the stronger that network becomes, the more trust that is built in that network. We now have a million people. There's like, you know, I, I don't know the number, 100 million Bitcoin wallets. It's it's continuing to compound and grow on an exponential level. Well, that and right there, that right there, Matt, is is my answer. That is the real difference with what Bitcoin delivers and brings to human history that has never existed before. To to me, it, you know, Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies basically are a form of currency that is not government backed, right? Like that. That's not, one of the biggest. That's true. That's a that's a blanket statement, and it's not true for all cryptocurrencies. Yeah, um, because there are central backed digital currencies yes. that are but backed by but Bitcoin and stuff is not right. It's not a government. Bitcoin currency. is the exception, and then, there is so you no have, CEOs of Bitcoin. There are a lot of countries that have a lot of issues with inflation and stuff like that, and and Bitcoin is, huh? Ours being one of them, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, right now. But I mean, there's. But there are some other countries around the world where their inflation is like hundreds of percent a year, right? Like the, like the price of bread is different every day because the inflation is so bad. And so there are also a lot of countries it and most people- this much paper money to go buy a loaf of bread. And that's yeah. not an exaggeration. Yeah. You know, go to Bolivia, go to Venezuela. You're 100% on point, Matt. Yeah. And so there are also a lot of other countries, and most people don't realize this, that use the U.S. dollar- or they have their own currency that is pegged to the U.S. dollar, basically like Panama and like. Um, How many countries are in the world today? I don't. I don't know. Two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty. There's there's some micro nations, but uh, for just just for math and and for the audience, a hundred and seventy nine other countries use the U.S. dollar to back their money. Hundred and seventy nine countries. That's crazy. That's reckless is what that is. It's That's crazy. irresponsible. And the U.S. government has printed 60% more dollars in the yeah. last two years. And that's a house of cards on, on, an, on, a, on a beachfront made of sand that's waiting to get blown over, my man. Yep. That's, you know, so what, I, I'm painting probably an ugly picture and I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I genuinely hope I am wrong. Well, and that's um, that's one of the great things about Bitcoin is there will only ever be 21 million of them or whatever the number is. And so you you can't print more of them. That that's all there's ever going to be. So so you're talking. So what makes that's the, that's an incredibly important factor. And one of the things we hone on for my investment principles for for my hedge fund and also you know that we talk about in the new book, Prohibitive Profits, is what is a a sound currency? Right now we're talking about deflationary money where it has a hard cap on it. Versus the U.S. government, which is inflationary money, and somebody just goes down in the printer, and, and they can make billions of dollars tomorrow. Yeah, there, there's no cap. That's what inflation. Well, and, is. and and I always joke when people talk about the national debt. I always kind of laugh at them, like we don't have national debt. We make our own money. We make as much money right. as we want. Like, <laughs> what difference does it make? Who's, right? Who, who are we paying back exactly? We'll just now. I money. I agree. We should have a national or a a, a, 
a balanced budget. Like I'm all for a balanced government government budget, but at the same time, like we don't really have net debt because it's our own then, currency. So you know, then why are we collecting taxes, Matt? Like who who are we really paying? Yeah. You know, there, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. That's a deep rabbit hole, right? I mean, that, yeah. that opens up a can of worms. But but it but it, but it highlights you. the problem, right? Is the government controls all of it, and and even with the U.S. dollar, the 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 U.S. government has a lot of influence worldwide because of what you mentioned earlier. The U.S. dollar is used heavily worldwide, but especially in the oil industry, where oh, yeah. most countries have to have U.S. dollars to buy and sell oil with, which creates a high demand for U.S. dollars. So, for example. At full scale, um, reminder this you know this um, podcast today is brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build software development teams quickly and affordably. In the Philippines, if they want to buy oil, they've got to take the Filipino peso and buy U.S. dollars with it, and then buy barrels of oil. So that well, actually, you're thinking ten years ago, that was accurate. Yes. So, but but that devalues their currency, right? Because they're they need less of their currency and more of ours. And so that's what partly controls the uh, exchange rate as well, is that supply of, of they, have to, they have to buy so many U.S. dollars, but they have to buy oil with it. So it's like the, the U.S. wants to control all the banking system, the SWIFT system, you know, all that stuff worldwide. And part of it comes down to buying and selling of oil. Imagine the audacity of somebody telling you how you can spend your money that you worked for and you pay taxes for. That, that's a that's a travesty, man. I'm a, and so I love these conversations. These these are fascinating. I'm really enjoying this. Um, it, it's well, a scary world. And and here here's the problem with that. Here's I'm I'm largely uh, libertarian minded. So I I believe you should be able to spend your money how you want. You should be able to live your life how you want. And you know I believe in less government. Um, yeah, at the absolutely. end of the day, right? Like, I, I'm a, I, I want the freedom to live my life how I want. And as long as I am not hurting anybody else, I should have the freedom to live how I want, you know? Um, and the problem is, from, from my perspective, I'm just sharing my perspective here. Um, but if you put enough pressure on people, which is what the U.S. government and, and laws do in a large way, people will find a way around you, right? Like, I mean, we can sit here and the war on drugs is a complete failure. We have spent more money fighting the war on drugs than we have done good in this world. When you, when you create a system of laws, at the end of the day, all you've done is create a black market that did not exist before. Because yeah. people find a way, you know, that's why criminals exist, right? Like we have tens of thousands of papers on the law and criminals exist because they don't care what you put on paper at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, so what happens? So when you force other countries to follow your rules and follow your laws and you must use my money that's not backed on anything or we will come in and invade your country and kill your citizens because we don't like how you do it. Eventually, they're going to find a way around you. And that is what Bitcoin now solves. Now they're going out and, and you know, there, there can be a conversation around moral countries and whether they should be doing this or not. And I will grant you that Every, you have the right to that opinion. Um, but you have to understand that when you put pressure on people who don't want to live the way that you want to live, they are going to find a way around you eventually. And that is what's happening now. Now there is a way for people to get around the U.S. dollar. 
They don't have to use your dollar. We can use Bitcoin. We can go out, buy yeah. gold. We can stake funds in other assets to get away from you. And countries like China have been stockpiling gold for the last 10 years to get away from America. We're now seeing Russia doing the same thing. You know, there, there's, well, uh, so again, there's a big conversation to be had. But my point is, if you put enough pressure, people find a way around you. And that's what the world well, is doing right now. And, let, and let's talk about that for a minute, because obviously the war with Russia and Ukraine has dramatically changed a lot of these things. And so the the, the value of the Russian ruble has crashed, right? And sure. now, you know, all the governments around the world can sanction and basically seize the assets of the Russian government. And if people were using the blockchain, they wouldn't be able to do that. Like if... If Russia owned, you know, a hundred billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, and they were buying and selling, you know, oil, and you know, they're they're exporting oil and re and receiving the money in Bitcoin and doing all that, and they don't need U.S. dollars to do it, and they don't even need rubles to do it. They were doing using Bitcoin. They would. No, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't sanction it. You can't seize it. Nothing. There's absolutely nothing you can do. You can't stop it. And that that's one of the key things to crypto is nobody's in control of it. They, they, they do have control over on ramps, right? So, you know, exchange centralized exchanges like, like Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, anything that has got a CEO sitting behind a desk somewhere yes. is a pain point that they can apply pressure to. Converting um, US dollars to crypto, that on ramp right. is, 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 is what we would refer to the on ramp, right? How do I take Correct. money out of my bank account and, and buy Bitcoin? Um, but is the only reason they can do that is because, you know, you and I as the user have given up our power to say, I want to keep my money on Coinbase. Now, right. if you're sovereign and you use cold storage, you can get away from that. Yeah. They can make laws and they can make you a criminal on paper, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Until they throw you in jail. They can't really stop you. Um, so that's a different conversation. But yeah, Bitcoin exists outside of their laws, regardless of what they think of it. And so, I mean, overall, that that is that is one of the the big pros to cryptocurrency in general, right? Is it's 100%. not in control of any government. It's it's basically a global, universe wide digital currency that anybody can use. This is why Bitcoin was invented, right? I mean, the genius of Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever that pseudonym actually really is, whoever the genius is behind is it, it, Craig Wright? I don't think so. I you don't I, think I so. Think he's not the guy. No. Um, Maybe it's you. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe it is. Um, <laughs> but the reason this was invented was because of the last financial crisis, right? Somebody said, you know what? The U.S. government is, is wrong. This is not right. And we need to get the government out of our money. That's the true genius behind this. That is what really is being afforded at the end of the day. Is it perfect? No, there's problems. It's not perfect. Technology is going to continue to advance. Um, if for some reason we have a ginormous solar flare, biggest one in the last 40,000 years, and the, you know, the, um, the electromagnetic interference of the globe gets shut down and the internet is gone, well, guess what? Bitcoin isn't going to work either. But we're probably going to have a lot bigger problems going on if that really happens. You know, there's arguments that people like to make about that. That that is the exception and not the norm. No, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect system. We're humans. It ain't perfect. But by God, it is probably 99.9% near perfect financial world for what you and I need to do to complete a transaction without the government saying how we need so to do it. 
So we've talked a lot about Bitcoin and, and some basics of crypto, but I want to uh, mix up for a second now and talk about the other side of crypto that's totally outside of Bitcoin, right? So um, after Bitcoin, we had Ethereum was created and the goal of Ethereum, right, was to be like the, com the computer of the world, right? Like, so on the blockchain, you could basically have code, right? And you could do things, you have smart contracts. And then that is, of course, dramatically changed over the last few years. And now Ethereum is honestly a dinosaur that has been <laughs> far surpassed by newer, better things, but it's, it's still the big thing that gets all the attention. But now because of smart contracts, there's so much more that can be done out there. And there are all kinds of businesses that exist out there that do things. And, and NFTs is one of them. We mentioned, I mentioned NFTs briefly, and we're doing a whole series around NFTs. But um, I You're use... blood pumping. Huh? You're going to get my blood pumping. I love this. Now, you know, I am all in. You mentioned earlier, you, you know, a few years ago, you went all in on Bitcoin. I went all in on the DeFi side of it. So I'm, I'm a DeFi guy, which is decentralized finance. And I actually took all of my money and converted it to dollars, but converted it to dollars in on the blockchain. And I can use it for lending and staking and liquidity providing and all these things and make 10 to 20% interest on my money just with US dollars and like uh, with, you know, less volatility risk. And the, the volatility of Bitcoin makes me puke, like the 20% up and down every month and whatever, like. I don't deal with that very well. So I invested all my money just in dollars. And then um, what most people don't realize, right, is there's a whole world out there of, of finance now that you can do option trading and margin trading, leverage trading. And I mean, you can even buy Tesla stock on the blockchain, right? Like there's all this crazy stuff that exists out there, including lending. And and the simplest example of all of this, for those who aren't familiar with it, is somebody, somebody like you has blockchain. I'm sorry, it has Bitcoin. You've had it since 2015 and it's probably worth a lot of money right now. And you're like, I don't want to sell it, but I need a few bucks to buy a car. So you might want to get a loan, right? And so there are people like me that would give you the money and I would take your Bitcoin as collateral, right? So there are basically banks on the blockchain that facilitate that. And guys like me can make interest on my money by giving you money on your collateral, right? And so there's a whole different world of, of crypto out there and, and besides just Bitcoin that most people don't realize exists. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a solution that, uh, you know, a coin like SALT provides. You're talking about asset lending. Um, and DeFi is huge, right? I mean, that, that that's one piece of the pie. You, you've got liquidity pools. You've got staking. Um, you know, there, there's multiple ways to go about that. Um, one of the drawbacks to DeFi is you're, you're still, you know, you're handing your money to somebody else in order to collect the 20% or the 200%, yeah. whatever rate you have agreed to. Um, so there's a certain amount of risk with, you know, giving somebody 100% of your assets um, and enough bad stories to go around. It's not a bad way to go. I mean, compared to, you know, the 0.01% the bank is going to pay you oh, on yeah. interest and then they're going to turn around and, you know, stake that money in the stock market and make 20% on the on the 0.01% that you pay. Well, why am I feeding the bank that I might as well just do that for myself and do it the smart way? I Kudos to you. you you're, you're ahead of the uh, the masses there, Matt. That's smart. Wickedly smart. Yeah. The only problem is, is it's uh, filled with uh, exploits and, and, and bugs. That you know, the, the problem with, um, I mean, all modern banking is, is digital as we talked about, right? Like Bank of America, all these things. It's all computer stuff behind 100%. the scenes. But the problem with smart contracts and the blockchain is if, if a developer has a bug in your, in their code, like your money's just gone. <laughs> there's no, and there's no way to fix it. Like, it's just gone. And so I've, I've been hit with a, 
a few of those exploits. Had one actually a couple days ago. And so um, uh, I, I had a buddy of mine who was trying to get me involved in an NFT project. And, um, you know, I decided not to. Um, and then like two months later, he called me back and, you know, Seth, we, we raised this money. We, we've got a, a $400,000, you know, digital uh, NFT project. And our blockchain developer had a backdoor and all this money is gone. You know, it calls yeah. me in a panic. And, and yeah, I, I, I mean, it was a heartbreaking conversation to have. Um, but that stuff does happen. If you don't know what you're doing and really, you know, if you're just chasing money in this space, you're you're going to you're going to open your uh, yourself up to a lot of problems. People um, that chase super high yields are inevitably going to yeah. run into super high risk like it. It absolutely follows. So, you know, you, you're the founder of the crypto wealth coach. So for those who are listening that are thinking about investing in, in crypto, like what what general advice do you give people? Um, yeah, there, there's we have 11 principles in in our book, Prohibited Profits. I, um, that's thank you again for the opportunity to be on the show here. That's kind of what I want to talk. We just released this book in November. It is my very first book. So I'm, I'm new to the scene. I've never done this and, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you again, Matt. Um, but within that book, we actually focus on 11 fundamental principles to help with technology investing specifically. Um, because technology investing is a pattern that is that has repeated itself, you know, over the last hundred years where you can make generational wealth. Um, so Bitcoin is a fascinating conversation, right? I mean, that if you got into Bitcoin 10 to 12 years ago, you're probably sitting on generational wealth. As long as you didn't make any stupid mistakes, you're, you're sitting in a, in a good, comfortable position at this point. That's that's probably a safe statement to make. Um, but it's also temporary, right? Like I'm 45 years old. Um, I grew up in the 90s. I watched my parents and my parents' friends talk about the dot-com boom when that happened. Um, I wasn't quite old enough to be legal to invest in the stock market, but I, I remember those conversations, you know. And 30 years ago, those conversations were, have you heard of the Internet? Matt, are you online? Do you got a computer? Do you, do you have an interweb link? Imagine having that conversation to do today. If I got on this podcast and Matt, do you have an internet link? You'd, you'd laugh at me. That's a yeah. ridiculous question to ask. If you are not on the internet, my, my friend, you are completely irrelevant in 2022. Or um, you just live in a third world country. I, you know, okay. You're not irrelevant, but yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're, you've certainly got some we, challenges. We, ahead we also you. all forget, like, so my wife's parents are, or my wife's from the Philippines and like, you know, she grew like, Two years ago, I mean, her family didn't have a didn't have a sink, didn't have an air conditioner, didn't have a stove, didn't have a sure as hell didn't have the internet or a cell phone. And so there are and still now, people that look this way in the world, you know. There are people that's that's the fascinating conversation with technology because what you're talking about is exponential growth, and when you have exponential growth on on the you know as a possibility. When you start compounding that, you have the ability to also leapfrog certain technologies. And we are seeing that in the world in the particular, you know, very much so with Bitcoin, right? Like the internet has brought us exponential advancements to the fact where, you know, tribes in the Philippines and in Africa, and I'm making general statements here, please don't let any viewers get upset at me because I'm, I'm glancing over. Um, but we are now seeing, you know, tribes that never had dial up internet. Now they're walking around with, you know, $2,000 smartphones in their pocket and they're on, and they're on high speed internet 
chasing, you know, trading stocks from, from their, yeah. their grass hut. Okay. So that's what the, the, the benefit of exponential technology advancements gives us. And while it's taken 30 years to get the internet up and going, now everybody's going to smartphones and we're getting digital money. And who knows what the next technology advancement is going to bring us. I have well, no idea. And, and if to you're your buying point, Bitcoin right now, my friend, you have missed the vote. Bitcoin was the opportunity 10 years ago. If, you, if you're buying it now because your, your barber's talking about it, you're yeah. coming at this from, from uh, you know, a different mindset that I would recommend you come at it from. Um, and that's where the book really focuses on the fundamentals of sound principle money, deflationary money versus inflationary money. Why are we buying this technology? Are you looking for Bitcoin 2.0? Well, I don't give two rats tails about Bitcoin 2.0. Bitcoin already works. It's a trillion dollar economy. If you want to invest in technology, you need to invest in disruptive markets that are going to shake up the world and solve a problem. Those are the investments that are going to 10x and 100x. You know, I, I'm not, I don't care about 20% investments in the stock market. I want to make 1,000% or better on every investment that I make. And um, so that's the angle we come at it. You know, most investors would tell you, if you can double your money, jump on it. I don't even I don't even get excited unless I can triple my money. I'm looking for 10x or better. And we come at it from a technology investment standpoint. Um, and that's what we really focus on in the book. That's a long answer to well, get to. And your so answer. that, that what highlights we, what I mentioned earlier, where I'm, you know, I've, I've been one of those people that have figured out every way to lose money in crypto. And <laughs> And because what happens inevitably is people don't think about buying in until everybody starts talking about it, but nobody yeah. starts talking about it until you hit like the pinnacle of it, right? Like the pinnacle of the price and everything. Like, so if and, you're doing what everybody else does, you will continue to get the results that everybody else has. And so like 2017, 2018 or whatever, when Bitcoin went to about 20 grand, that's like everybody gets excited and they buy it. They buy it at the top, right? And then they, then it, you know it dumps later and they sell it and they lose money. And also what really blows me away is I recently saw a couple of my family members and I, you know, I, I talked to them randomly about stuff with crypto or DeFi and whatever. And, and they're like, Oh yeah, I bought some crypto. I bought some uh, with Robin hood. I bought some of that Dogecoin, yeah. which isn't like, even crypto. Oh my God. And of course they all lost a bunch of money at it. And I'm like, right. of all the things you could have possibly done, you bought. You went up ten thousand percent, and you decided to buy. Yeah, um, and yeah. then they buy. You, didn't, you didn't really think that through, did you? Like, you know, mar markets are like rubber bands, man. They, they bounce back and forth. And they're and elastic. That's, that's the big thing that I've learned is the the time to buy is you know when nobody's talking about it, right? It's 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 not at the top of the wave when everybody's talking about it and it gets all the press. It's. You should be buying right now after a 60, 50% dip. Every, nobody wants to talk about Bitcoin anymore because they're all have lost money. That's why nobody wants to talk about it. But they now bought it 65 grand. Now they're down 60% and they're embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. That's really what's going on. Um, but the truth of the matter is now is when you should be plowing in and finding the next opportunities that are going to wickedly outperform Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin going from 40 grand to 200 grand is significant. You, you should be head over heels if you find performance like that in the stock market. But other technologies that are bringing new uh, advancements to the table that Bitcoin doesn't and won't, um, like Harmony 
and Vesper and Terra Luna, which takes seconds for their blockchains to close and, and complete. Um, you know, they're, they're disruptors in the market. These things are going to outperform Bitcoin by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, and that's where I want to be. That's what so I'm for looking for. You know, it's, it's like the penny um, stock market. You know, a lot of folks will like $10 that's a good or analogy. less penny stock. Well, we yeah. look at penny cryptos over here. Um, yep. It's kind of our bigger concept. Yeah. And I was also going to say, for those that are somewhat familiar, that's what we refer to as altcoins. So right. you, know, you have Bitcoin and then like everything else is like the altcoins. And you're right. It's like when Bitcoin may go up 10%, a lot of times all these other altcoins may go up 20% when the other goes up 10% or they always go up more, but they also go down more usually. True. But definitely in big cycles, if, if Bitcoin's going to go up 5x in value, odds are the altcoins will do more than 5x. And, and if you find the right project, it could be 100x, right? And um, Easily. It's, Easily. It, it's, it's just really hard to find those. And it's, it's a lot of speculation and gambling, really. It's not. Um, actually, I, I, w- I would argue that because we've done it consistently for our investors for the last six years um, based on the fundamentals that we hone on in this book. Um, you know, I mean, a Bitcoin, obviously, right now we're like over 40,000 um, percent. One mistake I, I did make a mistake with Terra Luna. I'll, I'll openly admit um, we had Terra Luna when it was pennies. Um, and, you know, now we've bumped over a hundred dollars yeah. and I was all excited. Like my group of investors, um, we returned eighteen hundred percent. And I told my guys, hey, man, this is a quadruple winner. We, you know, we, we, we got the golden egg. It's time to sell. And we sold. We, we cashed in 1,800%. We are happy. We rinsed and repeat. We put this money somewhere else. And Terra Luna continued to run and perform at about 13,000%. Yeah. Uh, well, damn. Uh, I made so a the, mistake on that one, didn't so I? So what's, what's funny is, is Luna and, um, and Terra... You at the UST uh, crypto kind of go right back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, with currency because it, it is be- it's basically a backing of of the UST currency token right which is like a dollar and it's it's backed by the Luna uh, crypto but um, that that's a, it's an interesting experiment right like it, it's actually sort of like a giant Ponzi scheme or like everybody believes the UST coin is worth a dollar and like the Luna backs it or whatever. But anytime there's like billions of dollars in this UST coin that could come crumbling down if everybody decides that it's not worth a dollar anymore. So it's just like really interesting um, market I think, dynamics. I don't think crypto has a, a, a high point, mainly because the dollar has no low point. Like, you know, the, the purchase value of your dollar has eroded something like 96% oh, yeah. in the last hundred years. Yep. And, and oh yeah, they just printed 60% more of it. You know, there is no bottom to the dollar. And that's why if they continue to keep printing more and more of it and more and more of that money that didn't exist yesterday flows into an asset that you can't make more of, man, put me in front of that tidal wave. So what else, what else can you tell us about your book? Again, you're, you're the author of Prohibited Profits. You talk about investing in technology cycles, which is makes a here's, lot of sense. Here's the thing. like You don't need to be the smartest man on the block. That's one thing I have learned and I have had to humble myself. I don't need to be the smartest man. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to understand how blockchain programmers work. You know, some guy sitting in his, in his, in his home office, plugging away on his keyboard for eight hours a day. I respect that, but I have no idea what he does. And Mm -hmm. and I'll openly admit to you that I am not a software programmer. 
Um, but what I have gotten really good at is identifying patterns that happen again and again in the market. And that is what the book Prohibited Profits is about. And, and obviously, I own Crypto Wealth Coach, and I, I can make your eyes roll in the back of your head with the best of them. You want to have a conversation about blockchain for a few hours? Um, brother, I will show up and I will do that with you. Um, but blockchain is temporary. Blockchain is just here and now. You know, that that's the dot com conversation we were having 30 years ago. Yeah. The Bitcoin conversation was 12 years ago. The Terra Luna conversation, the DeFi conversation is today. The metaverse might be 10 years from now. And, you know, if the big threat to Bitcoin is quantum computers, well, that technology is coming too, my friend. Those things exist. And 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about quantum proof resistant blockchain that yeah. solves a problem that Bitcoin can't compete with, you know? Um, so whether it's cannabis, alcohol, gold prohibition, um, oh yeah, now we're talking about psilocybin, magic mushrooms. Oregon and Colorado have legalized magic mushrooms and given the uh, the federal government the one finger salute. Well, that's another trend that I want to get behind yeah. and be a part of because those states have already won and are collecting billions of dollars in, in cannabis tax revenue. Well, and, and what's interesting about all these things, and one you didn't mention, I don't think you mentioned was NFTs, um, which is blockchain related. They're their own craze over the last two years. And it's an example of a craze that I don't understand. I think it's totally crazy and stupid, but if you played the card right, cards right, you ride the wave, whether or not you like really agree with it or not, you just play the game and you make money and you just get out before the whole thing falls apart later, I guess. But um, NFTs are another crazy wave right now. I come at it from a different perspective. I, I don't get into a market unless I have a 10 year time horizon or longer. There you go. Um, I'm I, and, and I, and I say that honestly, be, with with the disclaimer that I am a technology investor. And again, with the patterns, technology tends to go through wicked um, corrections like this. We saw it with Amazon, we saw it Microsoft, Tesla, all of these companies have actually um, done 85% corrections in their price points and come back and later recovered because a lot of people will dip and run and take their money and think, well, this is over. And they don't ride out that technology wave and make generational wealth on the flip side of it. Um, so I only get into a market with like, honestly, if I'm not going to sit in something for, for longer than four years, I probably won't bother. So the 85% corrections, everybody who's running away from NFTs right now doesn't scare me. I'm, I'm stacking my Satoshis and I'm adding more. Um, because I see NFTs as far more, you know, they're more than digital apes, right? We're talking yes. about membership. We're talking about smart contracts. When you go buy a plane ticket and you scan your, your smartphone and you go check on the plane at the airport, that's an NFT. You know, it's a very simple NFT, but that technology is going to continue at advance. You're going to get memberships with your NFTs. You're going to get exclusive rights to, you know, whenever you go join, uh, I don't know, an entrepreneur group and you want to better yourself, that's going to come with T-ships, membership access. This is what NFTs is going to continue to compound and grow. And that's what I think a lot of people just aren't seeing yet, right? Like 30 yep. years ago, people couldn't see that we were going to be making purchases online and having podcasts. There, there weren't a whole lot of people envisioning that, but, but here we are today. 30 years from now, NFTs, no one's going to be saying, do you own NFTs? That's going to be a ridiculous question 30 years from now. That's going to be the standard. We're going to be doing everything with digital money. So, you know, that's just how my mind thinks. Um, you're not wrong to take your profits and get out and run. You're not wrong at all. 
Um, I just come at it from a longer term horizon. You know, you're not right. Well, I'm not wrong. We're both right, Matt. Well, we are- and and you're right because that's the reason that I never made any money with Bitcoin. Right? It's like if I would have just kept the Bitcoin I had in 2013, I would be way up. Right? I would be up like thousands of percentage or whatever. Right? But nope, I sold it and then you know <laughs> buy and sell along the way and let's lose. So you're right. It's it, you got to take a long. You gotta be very patient and stop trying to day trade this shit. It's the people that try and day trade it and stuff that just get killed. I want to give you a gold star because that that little nugget right there for for the audience was priceless. You're a hundred percent correct, and that that is that is what it's all about. That was profound. Thank you, man. Yeah, you're and you're right. It's the take the long term horizon of it of just like I'm gonna buy this thing and just forget about it for a long time and come back. You'll be in good shape. When we can well, admit our mistakes and learn from the lessons, whatever whatever the loss was doesn't matter, right? Now you learn the lesson. You got the real value out of it. As long as we learn and move forward and don't make the same mistake next time, we're winning. That, that tuition's expensive, though. It is. It is. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's how you learn, First man. attempt in learning, right? Fail. F-A-I-L. First attempt in learning. First All you right. learn, then you earn. Well, once again, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by FullScale, helping you build software development teams quickly and affordably. Um, also, check out check us out on Facebook for the Startup Hustle chat group. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, and we're doing a whole series on NFTs. We talked about NFTs a little bit today. Uh, hopefully, you catch some other episodes about NFTs. We're, we're going a lot deeper into um, what they're for and different use cases, and talking to some cool people that. Uh, that do things with NFTs um, in the industry. So they're, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, hopefully NFTs everybody- are something else, man, because one thing we didn't talk about was asset backed NFTs. If you want to get into NFTs, right, there's that conversation around deflationary money, inflationary money. What's backing your NFT? Well, we can actually back our NFTs with assets. There are diamond backed NFTs, which are precious jewels, right? You can also back your NFT with wine. Um, Check out Ravencoin for any of the audience. Um, OVR, Over the Reality, and Bondly are some of my more favorite NFTs. These are exciting projects that I predict will probably perform at over 4,000% in the next 24 months. I may be wrong. I may may be right. Um, But check them out. They They are definitely worth your time. So for those that are listening, um, obviously they can pick up your book, Prohibited Profits. I'm going to guess it's on Amazon and all the other places you would buy books. Amazon, Kindle, Barnes and & Noble, and, and of course my own website, prohibitedprofits.com. And so for those that are interested in what you do, um, they want to go to crypto, uh, cryptowealthcoach.co. You can. And, you know, one one thing I'm obviously biased. You can buy the book on Amazon. It's 15 bucks. Um, but if, if you buy it through our website, we will also give you a free 30 days to Crypto Wealth Coach. If that's something you're interested in, um, try us out and we'll blow your mind in the group. Crypto is an opportunity that's here now. And um, and this mission is bigger uh, than you know than than what I can do with my own finances. This is about impacting others, and the biggest gap that I see in the world today is a lack of financial education, and that is my mission. I want to help folks. I I have made um, I've done very well in the investment world. I've been able to escape the nine to five work scene um, six years ago. I work for myself now, and it's been the biggest impact on my life with both family and mental health in many aspects. 
And that's my goal. That's what I want to bring to the table. Whether you're interested in crypto or any of the other markets, that's my mission is to here to help people figure out these patterns and get in front of them so that they can be profitable on their own. Well, thank you so much for having you. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show today. And uh, I'm sure you and I could go grab a beer and talk about crypto for days on end, but uh, we'll have to end it here for everybody. <laughs> Motions of gratitude, Matt. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you again. All right. Thanks, everybody. And be sure to check out our other NFT related episodes. See ya. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.